Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. Today is just me solo podcasting. I am actually going to give you guys an update, a little eight-week update. Adeline is now eight weeks. I am eight weeks postpartum. We have been adjusting to life as new parents for an entire eight weeks. So um, yeah, this is just like a little sequel to my birth story. It has been interesting, challenging, amazing, um, and it's just truly been such a such a blessing, but not without difficulties, of course. So I'm going to share an eight-week update on our life. I'm also going to share some baby products and mama products that I really like, that I found super useful, and some that are probably just not worth your money. Hello, and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. So this episode is a little bit different. I really have no game plan, no layout no notes, no anything. I'm just going to talk from the top of my head. So let's start off just doing like an eight week update. So if you didn't go back and listen to my birth story a couple episodes back, but I had my first baby Adeline um, on September 20th. We had a great um, labor, a great birth. It was truly such a blessing, everything I could have dreamed of and more. It was so intense, um, but we had an unmedicated natural labor and I just, I loved the experience. As weird as that is to say, like birth was great. Um, it was so intense. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. But I'm very thankful to say that, you know, I, I enjoyed it and I had a really good birth. Um, so yes, eight weeks postpartum is where we are at now. Um, as far as healing, the healing has really not been that bad. I definitely could tell on days that I overdid it. Um, you know, it, it lasted probably... I want to say like four or five weeks were the hardest as far as healing goes. And it really was just those first like two weeks where if I walked a little bit too much or um, just really honestly, that's the main thing that aggravated. It was just like moving too much. You definitely just felt really sore down there, Um, just like you would really with any like wound or tear though. So the the physical healing um, was not that bad. Eight weeks postpartum, I am breastfeeding. I still have not gotten my period back. So I'm thankful for that. I know that can really fluctuate. Um, some people, even with their breastfeeding, get it back very quickly. And some people, you know, you still don't get it back for maybe a year or even longer. So, you know, TBD on when that is going to make its return. But I am hoping that um, that I'm... Oh, a little bit lucky there and it doesn't come back too soon. Um, but other than that, um, I did go to my six-week postpartum follow-up. I'm not going to lie. I kind of had started working out the week prior to that um, and I had, had had sex the week prior to that. So, you know, don't follow my my lead. You're not supposed to do that till you have your six-week follow-up and get cleared, but I don't lie. So we did. Um And I went to my six-week follow-up. My midwife said that, you know, everything looked great. I had a tear on my right side of my labia. That was really the only thing that required any stitches. Um, And she just said that it doesn't look like that labia came back together as well as they wish it would have. She's like, it's just, you know, it's separated. It's going to be that way now. Um, It's not that big of a deal. Sometimes they come back together. Sometimes they don't. And that right side had just been like, TMI but just like really itchy and I know that's part of the healing process um and it's since faded completely but um it was just like itchy and when it was healing and she looked at it and she said um you know it looks like you have I think the word is like some vaginal atrophy um or like I was in a hypoestrogen 
estrogenic state, meaning basically that when you're breastfeeding, your estrogen is really low and estrogen, you know, is what increases blood flow to the vagina and healing to the vagina. So she said that it just looked like, you know, for six weeks, um, I just wasn't healing completely. And she said, you know, it's common to see it in breastfeeding moms because the estrogen is so low. Like my, the, the labias, I guess, get like really shrunken and really small. Um, I honestly like best way that I thought of it was like, okay, so basically my vagina is like a shriveled up old man is kind of the way I took it. But anyways, she just said that it was like kind of smaller um, down there and that that spot where I tore just didn't look like it was getting all the blood flow that it needed to totally heal. So um, I, she did prescribe me some um, vaginal estrogen cream to use. So I have been using that. Um, it's just a little bit amount that you kind of just like rub in your vagina. Um, and it's supposed to kind of give that estrogen back just to that area. It You don't have to worry about it like affecting your milk supply or anything because it doesn't get absorbed systemically. It just really gets absorbed right in that immediate area of the vagina. So that is how my um, six-week postpartum follow-up went. It, she, you know, she, I guess she cleared me to work out and have sex. I mean, she didn't say not to. She just said, you know, um, if it hurts a little bit more and you're a little bit more dry, it's because your estrogen is so low. So use this cream and take it easy kind of thing. So um, since then, um, postpartum sex has gotten a lot better, I would say. It probably took a good like six, seven times for it to even semi-feel kind of maybe enjoyable, which <laughs> I was super honest with my husband. I'm like, yeah, this is not, you know, this is not fun for me. Um, It just, it, you know, no matter what, it, I don't even know if it necessarily hurts so bad in the beginning. I think it's such a mental blockade that you have postpartum that you're like, a baby just came out of there. You know, I'm just like insecure about that area. I just don't know. So um. Yeah, take it easy, take it light, you know, don't do it if you don't want to do it. But it definitely took me a little while to like mentally be able to accept it, I guess, and kind of allow my brain to enjoy postpartum sex. But that is um, really the eight week update on me. I'm trying, oh, we've been battling thrush. Um, we got thrush. I had it on my nipples first when I went to see lactation because my I thought her latch was hurting really bad. And I'm like, her latch is all of a sudden just so painful. Um, they were like, I think it's a little bit of yeast. So she didn't have it in her mouth then. So I treated myself for two weeks. Um, my nipples felt better. And then I went back to lactation and they were like, oh, I think I see it on her tongue also. So let's restart treatment on both of you. So I put Adeline on Nystatin that was prescribed by her pediatrician um, four times a day after feeds in her mouth. And then I started back the protocol with Monistat 7 over the counter um, for my nipples. We did that for 10 days and then we stopped it. And then a week later, my nipples hurt again. Y'all, if you ever get thrush, like I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. It's freaking impossible to get rid of. So um, after that, it came back, which is now present day. Like we've been battling this for probably like three or four weeks. Um, so right. Oh, we tried, um, gentian violet, which is like this purple dye that you buy that apparently is a carcinogen. I just found out, but you know, too late. It's already done. Um, a lot of people use it. They swear by it. It's kind of like an old fashioned, I think like kind of hippie way to get rid of thrush, but it's literally like the most potent purple stain you've ever seen in your life. Like, oh my God, you guys, I can't even believe this happened, but I opened up the bottle and my dog hit my arm and it went everywhere in my kitchen, all over my white granite countertops. And I sobbed. Because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to replace my granite countertops. Like, here we go. I tried everything to get it off. Couldn't get it off. My granite countertops were neon purple. I literally wanted to just like crawl in a hole. Um, but then I went on Google and I was like, nail polish remover. So I grabbed my nail polish remover. I dumped it all over my counter and it freaking worked. It took the gentian violet off of my countertops. Thank the Lord. Anyways, 
it was like the one of the worst days of my life I thought um so the gentian violet you literally dip a q-tip in it you paint it on your nipples and then you dilute it because it comes at one percent you dilute it even um equal parts of the gentian violet in water and then you dip the q-tip in it um to get 0.5 percent concentration and you paint baby's mouth and you do that once a day um for your nipples and once a day for baby's mouth for three days and it's supposed to like kick thrush's butt well we did it we tried it we got everything in our house purple adeline's mouth is purple for like five days straight um my nipples were purple for like five days straight also we stained so much crap and i hate to say it my boobs still hurt so her mouth never has looked like it had thrush in it though but i have to treat her anyway so yes this is all just to say that our battle with thrush has been long and hard i wish i could tell you guys like a way to surefire kick thrush's butt right now but i don't we tried um the monostat and the nystatin I still don't think we got rid of it. So we tried the gentian violet. I still don't think we got rid of it. So now um, I am back doing Diflucan, um, which I'm taking orally prescribed by my midwife. And then Adeline is back on the Nystatin four times a day. I'm gonna do that for like 10 more days. And if I still feel like I have it on my boobs, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to my midwife and pediatrician and try to figure it out. But um, the other thing with thrush that's super, super important is to um, boil everything basically that touches your baby's mouth so pacifiers bottle nipples literally anything and everything and thankfully we're not using too many bottles right now but um i just actually bought the medela steamer bags for pump parts and it's so much easier you microwave it for three minutes people are kind of controversial like people are like no you got to do the good old-fashioned boil i think the steamer bags work perfectly fine so i um i do boil stuff still every once in a while but steamer bag pacifiers um, any bottle nipples any like medical medicine syringes that we use um, every single like two hours I think um, so that is super important make sure you sterilize everything or else you just keep on passing thrush back and forth make sure you treat you and baby and then the other thing that's really important is like linens and stuff so as far as bras um, even towels like if you touch your boobs or touch baby's mouth and then touch a towel like you have to you know you have to clean that towel well so I'm just basically every feeding we get a new burp cloth um usually twice a day I'm changing my bra any towels that I touch I'm making sure by the end of the day I take them all down and put them in the wash also and then you have to wash everything on a like the hottest cycle your washer will go on and add a cup of white vinegar so that is another thing that we're doing you know every single day um thrush is like i said awful so hard to get rid of the treatment is kind of two weeks long and the other part that freaking sucks is you can't pump during it so like i can't build like i have zero freezer stash like i go back to work in a month and i have not one single bag of milk to give my daughter because we've been battling thrush for almost three weeks and anything you pump during thrush like while having thrush you have to give within 24 hours or throw away because freezing does not kill thrush it's also really important to know so any milk that you save if you don't give it within 24 hours you gotta toss it because you'll just give your baby right back thrush you know two months down the road when you give her that thought out milk i've heard of some people pasteurizing breast milk i'm just not gonna do it um we're just gonna throw it away so it definitely sucks um trying to think about anything else related to thrush um i try to clean out her mouth with like a cloth before i give the nice stat into her she hates it it tastes disgusting i tasted it myself because i was like if i'm gonna put it in her mouth i should probably know what it tastes like and it's awful it literally tastes like i hate to say it, but it tastes like poison um so yeah we have just been sterilizing everything washing everything in vinegar you're supposed to let your boobs air dry as much as you can get them in the sunlight i've not been good about that because that's just kind of hard um 
and you know treat you and baby talk to your pediatrician and your midwife um thrush is just gosh it's awful and how to prevent it also i should say this how i got it i know exactly how i got it um i was using reusable breast pads and i was not changing them enough so i would especially at night um i would put a reusable breast pad on the boob that i was not feeding her off of and that boob would leak a little bit onto the pad and then i would just put her back in her bassinet and fall asleep so i was basically essentially keeping a wet warm dark breast pad on my boob all night long um and that's 100% how our thrush got started yeast grows in dark warm wet environments and a, a reusable breast pad on your boob all night is wet because it has milk on it it's warm because it's on your body and it's dark um so I just would always advise using um disposable breast pads I know the reusable ones are like eco-friendly or whatever it may be but I know that's how I got it so I'm never going to use them again um I will only use disposable ones toss them after every feed and just make sure you keep your boobs clean and dry and don't just like throw them back in your bra right after feeding when they're still wet because you will probably get thrush and like I said it's so hard to get rid of if anybody has like thrush tips please send them my way because oh my gosh I'm so ready to just be done with this it's like I said, I truly wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. It is so stinking hard to get rid of once you get it. And it's so easy to get. It's such a simple mistake. Um, so yeah, that's another part of our eight-week update. Another thing that we have since been dealing with, and it's just amazing. These are things that like, I didn't even know about as a labor and delivery nurse because I deal with newborns. So like thrush is never, I mean, I've heard of it, but it's never been something that I actually knew about. Another thing that I have since having a baby learned so much about is infant reflux if you guys follow me on instagram you also know my like eight week long battle with infant reflux so adeline has um i would call it more of a silent reflux well it's diagnosed as reflux but um it's more silent like she doesn't have an insane amount of spit up that some reflux babies have she just um for the first like six and a half weeks of her life you could not lay her flat so safe sleep has not been a thing in this household also hate to admit that I was losing my mind. So it's like, you know, I, I am all about safe sleep. Back is best, whatever. But mom not getting an ounce of sleep and dad not getting an ounce of sleep and everybody losing their absolute minds in your household is also not safe. So I hate to admit it, but I co-slept with her for like two weeks straight because if she wasn't on her stomach inclined on my chest, she was just crying because she would just have reflux coming up her throat. And I tried everything you guys like we changed probiotics I held her upright for 30 minutes after feeds I burped her halfway through her feed I pulled her off during my letdown um, to make sure that she wasn't getting too much of that at one time we had a tongue and lip tie revision even which honestly probably wasn't even super needed because you know her her ties weren't that bad but I was willing to try anything. So we had a tongue and lip tie revision. We were seeing the chiropractor once to twice a week. I elevated the head of her bassinet. I was giving gripe water, gas drops, a colic calm medication, which is supposed to help with reflux. Well, not a medication, a colic calm like gripe water that's supposed to help with reflux. Um, I hired a night nurse for a couple of nights. I went and saw lactation over... I think two to three times. Um, I bought her a weighted swaddle to try that. We gave her a nightly warm bath to calm her down. We tried getting on Pepsid, um, a prescription reflux medication. And then we had to be switched to Omeprazole, which is another prescription reflux medication that's a little bit stronger. I cut out all dairy and soy and have since cut out also all gluten and egg. Um, 
but yeah, nothing really has helped all that much. So, you know, infant reflux is, I don't, they say every baby has some degree of reflux. That's why babies spit up the gastroesophageal sphincter is not mature in babies, which is you know, it's that way for a purpose. That way you can't overfeed a baby because that sphincter is not mature. So either way, you know, if baby eats too much, it just comes right back up and out. So that sphincter is actually not mature to protect them. But because it's not mature, every baby spits up a little bit. Now, some babies, they reflux a little bit more um, to where they're maybe spitting up excessive amounts. Some babies actually like stop breathing and turn blue because they spit up so much. But for Adeline, it was more so just coming up her throat and she would arch her back. She would grunt. She would throw her head around. She'd make these really funny faces and then she'd start crying and you could hear her swallowing it back down. So that is what silent reflux looked like for her. It was just less of the spit up, but still presented almost the same as reflux would kind of like heartburn would in, in an adult. Um, so yeah, we tried all of these things um, and what we had to do is let her sleep on her side. And I hate to say that because it's also not safe, but I have an outlet monitor that monitors heart rate and oxygen at night. Um, and I would put her on her side in her infant lounger, in her snuggle me to sleep at night. And it worked. Um, I am not recommending this for anybody. Please do not do this because like I said, it's not safe. It increases the risk of SIDS. And I'm not proud to say that we had to do that, but we did. Um, but on the flip side of that, thankfully, it has gotten much better. She's on omeprazole. Another thing, I don't like medicating her. My goal is to wean her off of this because I do believe that there's always a root cause to reflux. In this case, um, I'm still trying to troubleshoot it, but I have done so much um, changes to my diet and things like that. But I do think her reflux is caused by probably something else I'm eating. I already cut out dairy and soy six weeks ago. So I know that is not that. Um, but like I said, recently I also did gluten and egg and peanuts. So I'm hoping that um, I'm going to slowly introduce one at a time and figure out if one of those is triggering it. Because since I've cut them out, it's gotten a lot better to where she has been sleeping on her back. So if your baby suffers from reflux, my biggest tips for you, honestly, is obviously talk to your pediatrician work with them with anything that you do but there are so many things that people tell you that just don't work like holding your baby upright burping frequently all those things like yeah it's great do it but like if your baby has severe reflux that's that's not going to help um the only things that have helped us so far are cutting things out of my diet which i hate to say it but you might have to kind of do an elimination diet the biggest things are going to be dairy and soy and i'm talking like 100% dairy, 100% soy. I actually just yesterday was like, I should check my vitamins because she's been kind of refluxy lately and I don't know why. Like we were doing really good um, and I looked at a postnatal vitamin I just started taking and it has soy flour in it. So you need to check everything. Even like soy oil um, and soy lectithin, people say like don't matter because it's a fat um, and it's the proteins that get transferred to your breast milk. I would cut out all of it. Um, soy and dairy first and then I would head for things like eggs, gluten, and peanuts next, which is what I did. Um, and it definitely seems to be helping her a lot. Like I said, she's been sleeping on her back for all of her um, sleeps and naps for the past kind of like the past week on and off. Um, some days she definitely does better than others, but that's something that's helped us the most is just dietary changes, especially dairy and especially soy. But um, advocate for your baby. If you need meds in the meantime, that also helped us a lot. Like that's 100% of the reason, also one of the reasons why she's doing so much better is being on meds. And it sucks to have your baby on meds, but like at some point, you know, you have to advocate for your own sleep and lifestyle insanity as well as your baby being in pain. I mean, she was in pain and it sucked to see it. So in the meantime, you know, you might have to give them a little bit of a um, 
PPI or just some type of reflux medication until you can figure out the root cause um, so they don't really suffer in the meantime. But those are the things that have helped us the most with reflux. Um, It has been, you guys, like, it's been really hard. If you, like I said, if you follow me on Instagram, I talk about reflux a lot on there and give updates on her reflux on there. Um, I was baby wearing her every day. She was crying a lot. Um, I knew it wasn't colic because she didn't cry like colic babies do. Colic is, they say, three or more hours of crying, three or more days a week for three weeks consecutively, I think. Something like that. Um, And she wasn't crying like that. She did not cry for three hours. She would just more so like whine and thrash her head around and you'd hear her swallow it back down. So I baby wore her and that helped a lot because it'd keep her upright and she could sleep um, while I baby wore her around the house. It was really rough though. Like it definitely has taken such a toll on me mentally because I spent, I don't even want to say hours or days. I've spent weeks on Facebook groups, on Google, on different websites, um, just reading about reflux, trying to figure out anything else I could try. Like I said, all those things I listed, we tried. It was a lot. Like we, I even went so far as having a tongue and lip tie revision on a tongue and lip tie that really weren't that severe when we really weren't having latching issues because I thought, well, maybe that's causing some of the reflux. And it, that can 100% cause reflux. Like you need to have that checked out by a pediatric dentist if you have reflux. But we tried everything and it just took such a toll on me mentally. I felt like, you know, while something in my milk that's hurting her, every time I feed her, she's hurting afterwards. So it really was hard on me because I felt like I, my milk was hurting her. Um, and I really didn't want to switch to formula. Like that was my last resort. I was like, I will do anything in the meantime. And that's like, truly is a pride thing. Like, you know, formula might've really helped her. And I I'll admit it like I had too much pride to kind of cave into that and there's nothing wrong with formula it's a great like it's a great thing to have but I was like I'm producing great milk you know I love breastfeeding she loves breastfeeding like I don't want to switch to formula um but it was just really hard it has been and still is really hard mentally I just spend so much time trying to figure out anything else I can try anything else that maybe could be causing her reflux shooting in the dark feeling like my child's kind of an experiment to the point where sometimes some days when her reflux was so bad I was so tunnel visioned on trying to figure out what was causing it that I was not enjoying being a mother um and that has probably been the most challenging part of of reflux is just how much it's taken away from spending time with her and enjoying her when I almost am trying to like cure her I guess if that makes sense um so like I said we're doing definitely better since cutting out the eggs gluten and peanuts and I'm gonna slowly kind of introduce one at a time and kind of try to figure out what um is affecting her the other thing I've noticed is um tomatoes and spicy foods really really like her reflux will always flare up and that's kind of controversial because they say that that's impossible because only proteins pass through breast milk you know um eating anything acidic doesn't change the acidity of breast milk that's scientifically proven so you know, science, and I'm very evidence-based, would tell me that that's impossible, that tomatoes and spicy things are affecting her. But you guys, I promise you, I've trialed and aired it. And I ate spicy barbecue sauce that was made with tomatoes the other day. And we had the worst night of sleep of our lives out of nowhere. So much reflux. So I know that that affects her. Um, But yeah, we're still in the thick of it. Like I said, also any reflux tips, send them my way. But I think we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, 
hopefully we can figure out if it's something else in my diet besides dairy and soy and kind of try to wean her off these meds you know it's also important to remember and I tell myself this every day that reflux is so temporary that normally it peaks at three to four months because they start sitting up um, which actually kind of makes it worse in the beginning because it puts more pressure on their stomach but then it starts to fade away after that so different for everybody but I'm praying that that is that is um that is how ours works I'm praying that once we kind of hit that four month we can kind of turn the corner a little bit um we did trial 24 hours of formula to see how she did on it um, because I kind of was hitting the point where I was like I'm done this is a last resort um, and she honestly did really well on it um, I don't know if it was because the formula didn't have allergens in it like something I was eating um, or if it was because the formula was a lot thicker than my breast milk because it really can be either like I said you guys this can just run you in circles all day it is so mentally draining but the formula constipated the heck out of her. So we are back on breast milk. We just did it for 24 hours just to see if it helped to get an answer if it was my diet. Um, and it really does seem like it is. So yeah, that is um, our entire journey with reflux. There are days where I've just been like, I'm throwing in the towel. We're switching to formula 100%. I'm done. This is too hard. I have wasted so much hours of my life. I could have been enjoying her trying to cure her like her doctor. And I hate that. Um, but we are just trying our best to stick it out because like I said, I love breastfeeding. She loves breastfeeding. Um, fed is best though at the end of the day. So if we end up on formula, we end up on formula. But right now we're holding steady because she definitely is doing better um, with my dietary changes. And yeah, that is really our entire reflux update. It has been, it has been just a battle. I think I started noticing it at right before two weeks and you know everybody's like it's not reflux it can't present that early it usually doesn't come till three or four weeks no I'm telling you right now I noticed it probably between one and two weeks old um that she had reflux and lord I hope my other babies don't have it I don't know what like the statistics are on future kids but yes that has been um our our entire reflux journey um and another update let's see as far as sleeping, wake windows, naps, everything like that with a baby, we are in the phase of transitioning her out of her swaddle because they say to do it around eight weeks or when they start rolling and she's kind of hitting both of those points. So I'm going to try a uh, magic Merlin suit, I think it's called. And we're going to see how that works. We also have like the halo transitional swaddle. So I've been trying to do that, but she still like startles herself with her arms a little bit. So it's been difficult to transition her out. We have been um, trying to get her on more of a schedule, not necessarily like a schedule with naps because that's impossible to do this young, but more so like really watching her wake windows. So, you know, at eight weeks old, she should only be up for roughly an hour. I think they say like 30 to 90 minutes is normal, 45 to 90 minutes maybe. So right around that hour mark, we're watching her and that includes your feed. Um, we're watching her for cues like a yawn or just like maybe blinking a lot. Um anything that kind of looks like she's tired and an hour we're trying to re-swaddle her and get her back down for her nap so we've really been trying to pay attention to those wake windows because we did not do that for a while and realized wow she's really fussy um she hasn't napped but one time today and that was definitely a big culprit so watch those wake windows I love to follow um I think her Instagram is like the sleep doctor and there's a couple other ones. We did the Taking Care of Babies course. I truly didn't find it helpful, but a lot of people do. Um, I follow Baby Sleep Doctor, but that's just like DR. So Baby Sleep DR and then Hey Sleepy Baby is the other um, account that I follow. Both of those has been extremely helpful. Honestly, more helpful than the Sleeping or Taking Care of Babies course was in my opinion. But like I said, I know people love that course. I just, 
I don't know why I didn't find it very helpful. Um, I wish I would have, but that is where we are going on like naps and wake windows. We are traveling home for Thanksgiving briefly and it is, we're breaking up the drive. So it's going to be like after all the stops, probably eight hours and then like three hours, it's a long, long, long drive. So we're going to do eight hours to Columbus, Ohio, spend the night there at my sister's and then finish it up to Toledo, Ohio. I watch, follow me on Instagram, what the bump CLT. You're probably going to see our road trip chronicles on there. I don't know how it's going to be. I think we're going to try to drive overnight. Um, I need to do some like research on, you know, mommy blogs, I'm sure on how to road trip with a newborn, but we have no idea what we're doing. We're just going to go for it. So to come on how to road trip with a baby, but you know, we got to drive home for family to see her. And unfortunately we can't really fly because of our dog. So we're going to drive it. All right. Now I think that's really all I have to update. Let me think. It's just been, it has been, it's been an amazing eight weeks, but it's definitely been a little bit challenging. I will not lie to you guys. I think that's really it. She's doing good with sleep at night. Like she loves to sleep at night. Um, aside from reflux, she normally eats at 8 p.m. We try to get her down by nine. She sleeps until 1 a.m. And then she eats for like 10 minutes. I hold her upright for 20 minutes. She goes back to bed and then we eat again at five and then we get up at eight. So she's really only waking up twice to eat at night at 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. And it's been actually really great. Um, she definitely has her days and nights figured out. It kept her in like the sun a lot. We spent a lot of time outside and I think that's really helped her to figure that out. Um, okay, favorite products. Let's talk about some things that I have really loved. Um, I love the Owlet monitor. I already mentioned it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people says it gives them anxiety. Some people says it calms their anxiety. I love it. Um, it's a sock that goes on their foot that monitors their heart rate and their oxygen. Don't come at me talking about I don't know, like radiation exposure or something like that because it's an electric sock. I don't, I don't know. She's not going to wear it that long and I like it. So um, it gives you their heart rate and oxygen monitoring throughout the whole night. It also tracks their sleep, which is really cool. Um, and it connects to a base and it alarms your phone in the base if anything goes out of normal limits. So I have loved that, especially like I said, with us not being able to do safe sleep for a little while there. Um, having the outlet monitor on her was kind of like an extra safety net for me. Don't let that allow you to not do safe sleep though but it definitely helped because I didn't have many options um swaddles there are so many swaddles on the market and I wasted so much money buying a billion different swaddles and I'll tell you right now the best swaddle I have put on my baby and I've probably put every single one on her um, I've done the ones with the arms up the velcro ones the blanket ones um the halo ones literally every swaddle the ollie swaddle they're expensive I think they're like 80 dollars but they're amazing like she sells out a lot I don't know if they're in stock right now but I highly recommend spend your money on an ollie swaddle once we got it we never put her in a different swaddle like literally we use the ollie swaddle every single night it was amazing other thing that we love is a snuggle me organic lounger people like the boppies I think they were just recalled look into a snuggle me um lounger they have really cute different covers on them that are super easy to wash also and it's not meant for sleep it's meant for baby to lounge in while you are watching them so another important thing to note um let's see we love the tubby todd all over ointment um this is like a baby cream i would say do not like i said don't waste your money on other swaddles don't waste your money on other creams the tubby todd again expensive it's like i think 
40 roughly 40 dollars for the tub but it is so worth it you can use it on anything and everything it's so good for baby acne I swear by it I would not I have like 10 different lotions and oils and blah 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 for babies and I literally only use the tubby Todd so save your money buy the tubby Todd cream save your money buy the ollie swaddle expensive products but both worth it because you're going to save so much not messing around with other things um let's see pacifiers adeline would not take a pacifier for weeks she finally started taking it and she only takes the bibs pacifiers um b-i-b-s i buy them on amazon um i think they're really expensive for a pacifier probably t- cost them like a penny to make those things and they charge i think like seven dollars per passy i think it's fifteen dollars for a two-pack so that's stupid to me but Loves the big passies. Um, I mentioned sterilization bags, the Medela sterilization bags, especially if you have thrush, but even not, you should still sterilize your stuff every once in a while. I love those. Three minutes in the microwave and it sterilizes them. Um, I bought a hands-free pump off of Amazon. I love that thing. It is like the Mom Cozy, but it's a different knockoff one. I can link it below um, in the show notes for the podcast. But I hated it at the beginning, but I realized I didn't have it connected right. So now I actually really like it. I would not use it if like you're solely pumping, like you're like you're not breastfeeding, you're just pumping and feeding. Um, I wouldn't use it much because it's just not that strong. But if you just need to like pull some milk off real quick or you're out and about, it's really convenient and nice. You still definitely need a primary like good. Um, I have the Spectra S2, like a good pump, but it's nice to have as an option, especially if you can't like afford the LV, which is like $500. Um, this hands-free one I think was like 50 or 60 bucks. We love the Medipassi. You need this. It's by Frida Baby. If you ever have to give your baby like gas drops, gripe water, for us, we give Adeline Omeprazole. Um, it's a Medipassi. So it's a pacifier that they suck on and then it has a hole that you stick the syringe on and you can just give them the medicine. They'll actually swallow it down. So you don't have to worry about them like choking on it or gagging on it. We love that. Um, we love our water wipes. As far as probiotics, we tried like the, I'm going to say it wrong, but BioGallia or something. They're on Amazon. I didn't really care for them. So we started the Gerber Soothe Probiotic and I feel like that's helped her reflux a lot too. It's kind of one that a lot of reflux babies see benefits with. So that's the Gerber Soothe Probiotic. Um, I use the Nordic Naturals Vitamin D because she's breastfed. So if you're breastfeeding, make sure you're supplementing your baby with a vitamin D. Um, let's see, diapers. We have tried Honest. We have tried what's the other brand oh seventh generation and then right now we're trying hello bello because they're really cheap and they have the cutest prints and i'm loving them so i highly recommend trying hello bello um you order them i think you do like a subscription for it i just did want to order though um and they're so cute so many prints super cheap and affordable and still like natural hopefully to not break out their bottoms um we had to give away every pampers and huggies which broke my heart because i had like so many things of pampers and huggies but she got the nastiest diaper rashes from them so you know um honest seventh generation and hello bello are the ones that have worked for us so far oh and then we also used like bamboo diapers um and those worked really well too as far as bras for me i have loved the kindred bravely hands-free pumping bra i bought it off amazon um and it's just like the one nursing bra that actually I feel like gives me really good support so I love that um there's a brand on Amazon of postpartum underwear like postpartum high-waisted briefs I swear you guys need these um they're like normal postpartum underwear like normal underwear but they're high-waisted and they're meant for postpartum the brand is 
Innersee, I-N-N-E-R-S-Y, women's underwear, cotton briefs, postpartum high-waisted panties, multi-pack. Literally the Amazon listing name. Um, buy them. They're so great. I loved them. They helped me so much postpartum once I transitioned out of those diapers because my normal underwear, I'm like, I can't fit like a pad in these and it was just not working out. So these underwear were great. Um, let's see. I mentioned Nordic Naturals vitamin D. Um, as far as like diaper creams, nipple butters, I like Mama Natural. Um, I think you can just buy those on Amazon, probably anywhere. Um, Soli Baby Wrap. I love the Soli Baby Wrap. Um, we have another baby carrier, an Ergo Baby one that my husband uses with her. I don't really like it that much. I love the Soli. Um, Vaseline. Get a big tub of Vaseline for your baby. You need it. Um, let's see. Oh, and then especially for when your milk comes in in the beginning, I was so engorged for like the first two weeks, kind of on and off as your milk's trying to regulate and figure it out. And my boobs would just hurt. Um, so I bought these again, I'm going to tell you the Amazon listing name, magic gel luxury breast therapy ice packs. And they're basically just like breast ice packs that go in the freezer. You put them on your boobs, go in the freezer, you put them on your boobs. And I loved those. I think that they helped a ton when I was feeling engorged so definitely check out just like getting into some um some like ice breast pads for when your boobs get really sore I think you can heat them also but I just use them as ice packs and that is really the main products I can think of off the top of my head um like I said I used reusable breast pads I don't recommend those I recommend you get disposable ones to avoid thrush um and throw them away the second you're done feeding or the second they get wet or just change them like every hour if you're leaking a lot do whatever you have to do to avoid getting thrush but those are kind of like the things that I could think of off the top of my head that I really loved um I would say like my top three things would be the outlet monitor I also have the outlet cam the camera that goes with the outlet um it sucks I would probably get a different camera because it lags so much but the outlet sock the ollie swaddle the Snuggle Me Organic, and the Tubby Todd ointment. Those are my like top four, I would say, that you need to get. Don't buy other things of them. Just stick with what is good in my opinion. Like I said, you might hate these things, but in my opinion, with my next baby, I will not waste time or money on other things. I'll just jump to what I know worked out really well, and it was those things. Um, I think that is really all I have. That is our kind of eight-week update. Adeline is huge. Oh my gosh. She's like the 98th percentile, I think, at her last appointment, which was one month appointment. Yeah. Her four week appointment, she was like 12 pounds. So um, definitely growing very well and very fast. Um, she started to smile. She holds her neck up so well. Um, she's trying to start to roll over. Um, it's just funny. You get to know their like little cues and their little personalities and her personality is coming out so much. It's just the cutest thing ever. So yeah, we're just loving it. Like I said, we're working through the kinks of reflux and thrush mainly, but otherwise, um, just learning from our mistakes every day, kind of adapting I guess to being parent and just the changes that it makes still trying to get out and go out and take her places you know more so like outdoor places but still try to like go on hikes with her or go sit on an outdoor patio and grab dinner trying to kind of get back into like that normal routine of things but also reminding myself that I'm on maternity leave and my only job right now is to sit home and snuggle this baby um and that's been very helpful to remember also so that is our eight week update that is my favorite products um I kind of like touched on things not to waste your money on and the favorite products things. Um, the only thing that we have that we spent money on that I would not 
probably recommend is a diaper warmer. I mean, I didn't buy it. My dad bought us a diaper warmer because he was like, you can't put cold diapers on or wipes on her butt. Um, did I say diaper warmer? I meant wipe warmer. Anyways, yeah, wipe warmer, kind of pointless. I guess if you want it, go for it. But um, I don't really think that she cares if her wipes are cold or not. But yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast um, and follow me over on Instagram at what the bump CLT for just like kind of daily day in the life things. I'm trying to get even better. I go through like spurts where I'm really good about sharing and then spurts where I suck at it. So try to go follow me over there. I'm going to try to post more of like daily things, but that is our eight week update. That is the products that we've liked so far. And I will see you guys next Monday for another podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.